All right, here's an introduction to the 2023 Miami Marlins in the postseason, baby. Heading into the season, what were the expectations? They were mixed. Mixed expectations for the Marlins. People were uncertain. The roster had a massive shakeup. Kim Ang really kind of changing the construction of this roster. And so there were a lot of people that were uncertain how this could go. And I could see many, many outcomes. But fundamentally, a lot of people were looking at the 500 mark being a good season for the Marlins. Not a lot of people were really talking about the postseason and the expectations to make the postseason. The team in 2022, it won 69 games. The expectation or the hope was that they could see some meaningful progress towards 500. And fundamentally, I think, be in it at the deadline and perhaps look to add to this roster. At that point, they were way over 500. And they did still add to the roster, looking to make this postseason push, which eventually has ended up becoming a postseason team. Great to see. Um, heading into the playoffs, though, what are the expectations? It's tough. It's tough to have. Uh, a, you know, huge, high expectations. The reality is for the Marlins, getting in was the main goal. Now that you're in, anything can happen. And so I think from a Marlins perspective, everything now is just is just gravy. <laughs> we'll wait to see. In terms of who's hot coming into this series, from an offensive standpoint, this team has been pretty much propelled by uh, the guys that were added at the deadline. Josh Bell, Jake Berger. They've been huge for the Marlins. Equally, Jazz Chisholm Jr. has gone on and a real nice run recently too. He's recently changed his batting stance and somehow things are clicking for Jazz, even against left-handed pitching, which is great to see. But the guy to keep an eye on and has really come alive heading into the postseason particularly is John Birdie. Slow start of the year for John Birdie. I was expecting him to steal like 100 bases this year. Haven't seen that from Birdie. The speed hasn't quite shown up, but the bat at the back end of this year, has really shown up. John Birdie has become vital to this Marlins offense. He's been leading off. He's been hitting at the bottom of the order. Kind of depends who's going from a, a pitching perspective. But John Birdie, guy to watch. Um, we'll wait to see whether he plays every day during this postseason run. But he's pretty much taken over from Joey Wendell at shortstop. So John Birdie, the hottest. Luis Arias, obviously the, the NL batting champ. Uh, he's been missing for the past week and a half. So we wait to see what kind of Lewis Arias we see in the postseason and if we see him at all in the field. In terms of the starting rotation and the rotation depth itself, fundamentally, this is an area of, uh, of weakness in some ways for the Marlins. But in a three-game series, I think they're okay. Um, Jesus Lazaro gets the ball in game one. Braxton Garrett gets the ball in game two. Two lefties, two guys that have had career years, both in terms of innings and production. You've got no Sandy Alcantara. No, Yuri Perez, the two guys that really uh, this, uh, you know, have, have been the, the the core of the rotation uh, this year as things have gone on. Sandy obviously injured, Yuri Perez run out of innings. So once you get past those two guys, though, in terms of Lozado and Braxton Garrett, things start to get a little dicey. I'm intrigued to see if Marlins need a third game in this wild card. Who would start that? Probably Eddie Cabrera, maybe coupled with Johnny Cueto, but... As you can tell, I'm a little bit nervous on that. The Marlins fundamentally have run out of arms uh, and their rotation depth is extremely tested. Frankly, the strength of this club, probably all year long, but particularly in the last couple of weeks, has been the bullpen. So it's intriguing to see whether the Marlins actually look to go more of a bullpen game approach where they don't have either uh, Jesus Lozado or Braxton Garrett going. This bullpen, the only word to describe it all year long, has been nails. 
The pen has been nails. It's been the strength of this club. Tanner Scott, effectively the best reliever in the game by win probability added. So Tanner Scott being an absolute stud. Andrew Nardi equally has emerged. David Robertson, uh, another deadline acquisition, didn't quite work for Robertson in the ninth inning, but he's found a real nice role in that seventh or eighth inning. AJ Puck as well. Remember him? He was the closer for the Marlins early in the year when they were absolutely riding that hot streak. Puck still delivering, uh, but slightly away from high leverage spots. Fundamentally, the bullpen has been asked to do a lot this year, and it's a big part of why the Marlins have made the postseason. And frankly, if the Marlins are going to go deep into the postseason, then this bullpen will need to deliver again, no doubt about it. When you talk about this team's strengths, what are the strengths of the Marlins? Well, you, you have to look at the way the offense is constructed. And the way the offense is constructed this year versus previous years has been the ability to get balls in play. Batting average is way up for the Marlins this year. They're like a top five batting average offense. They look to their high contact offense. They look to get the ball in play. And fundamentally, they look to pre put pressure on defenses. And we've seen that over and over and over again this year. In the highest pressure spots, the Marlins offense comes alive. They put the ball in play and they wait for those mistakes. They ask the questions of the defense. And that is going to be really intriguing in postseason games where the pressure is really, really ramped up. How can the other teams handle this Marlins offense? So the Marlins offense is built different, but it has been a little bit more balanced with the additions of Josh Bell and Jake Berger. Jorge Soler, let's not forget him. He is an absolute stud in the postseason. Last time he was in the postseason, he was World Series MVP. You've got the batting champ. You've got Soler that's got the pedigree in the postseason. Berger, Bell, Jazz Chisholm Jr. You've got some of the younger guys in De La Cruz and Jesus Sanchez, plus the red hot John Birdie. This offense, underrated perhaps, and actually can deliver if needed. Well, hopefully it will deliver and it will be needed. Um, the bullpen, as I've already mentioned, huge strength for this club. But it shouldn't go, you know, it probably is going under the radar. What kind of a year that Braxton Garrett has had. Jesus Lozado, a lot of people know about, less so Braxton Garrett. He's going to have a big role to play. And as well, what kind of what kind of start, what kind of innings, what kind of production can they get from Edward Cabrera? What are we worried about in the playoffs? What are the concerns? What are the risks here? The risks are um, that the, the starting rotation just falls apart at this point. They're the main risks. Equally, the offense has gone cold at times in games. It looks to come alive from the seventh inning onwards. But you do wonder if the rotation can't hold it close enough uh, and then the offense can't come alive in time. But fundamentally, it was starting in a three-game series against the Phils. And with that, you know, there's nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. We've played the Phils well this year. We always play the Phils well. And so I think this is a really nice matchup. Um, what we worried about, though, after that is facing the Atlanta Braves, who have absolutely had the Miami Marlins' number for years. Um, the Marlins did end up sweeping the Braves in the series at the back end of the year. However, the Braves had already clinched, and so I'm not sure how much you can read into that. How far can the Marlins go? That is a big question. I think for them, success would be absolutely getting through a wildcard series on the road in Philadelphia. And then if you, if you get to the DS and end up getting beat by the Bravos, you know, it is what it is. They're the best team in the National League by the record anyway. So there's nothing uh, to be ashamed about on that front. Right now, the Marlins weren't expected to be here. So being here is a, is a success. However, the history of this club shows when the Marlins in a 1-6-2 season make it as a wild card, 
the two times they've done that prior, they've gone on to win it. So many fans, many Marlins fans, ones that have been following the team for many, many years, are expecting their third World Series. We'll wait to see how it goes.